I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to Burf Barf! Season oh, two! Man. Season two? We're calling it season two because otherwise there's no good reason we haven't done one of these Oh man, so I was hoping long. for less transparency than that, but I'll take it. Alright. Uh, yeah, so it's been just a little while. We, we've been diligently working in our little caves, just writing mm-hmm. material, coming up uh-huh. with new ideas. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like all... Invisibilia, when they disappear for several months for se- the next yeah. season, it's exactly like is, that. We've been is. out producing. Right. I mean, we are, we are hard-hitting journalists out mm-hmm. there on the beat, mm-hmm. gathering information about running and bringing exactly. it back to you. Exactly. So here you go. You get to reap the benefits of our... I won't even call it a hiatus because that no. would imply some for- sort of leisure. No, there was no leisure involved. Well, actually, that's kind of true. Well, I, you know, I did think, though, when thinking about our conversation today, I thought, what have we been up to? I mean, within the last three days alone, you've purchased a home, my <laughs> husband has run a 12-hour race, and started a new job. Yeah. That's in the last three days. Yeah, that's a lot. Let alone, you know, the last three months. Yeah. So we've had some life-changing events. Uh Annie's back from an injury. Yeah. So, uh, and we can, I think, I figure we just kind of like go back and forth as, mm-hmm. and try and, I won't even say we're going to try and keep a coherent timeline because it's not going to happen. No. But, sorry. This one's going to be a strict yeah. actual burf barf. And yes. then next time maybe we'll do like an outline that we'll yeah, deviate yeah. from. Next time we'll be controlled vomits. Yeah. There you go. This time <laughs> it's real barf. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I have missed this. So, uh, my family and I. Me, Andy, and our almost six-year-old Arbor, crazy, uh, had an opportunity to essentially live in Oregon for five and a half weeks. Do you know that it's possible for a friend to cry for five and a half weeks straight? True. True. It is. Which also reminds me of all the things you had going at the same time. But anyways, we got to live out in Oregon for five plus weeks, and it was awesome. So there were so many things that just made it very serendipitous for us to go out there. Uh, you guys have heard me mention my coach, Ryan Gelfie, before. He lives out in Oregon, so I got to meet him face-to-face. So jealous. Had uh, Got to have dinner with his family, which was awesome. We had one of our coaching conversations in person, which was just, again, very serendipitous. Oregon, just in general, was amazing. There were so many trail systems that were super close, which we're not going to end up living there, but it was the first time that no. I've, that I've thought no. Lauren gets a vote on all of this. So no. we've already determined no. <laughs> um, it, been, it put to a vote and it, it was turned down, but there were so many trail systems that were so close. It really spoiled the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause every day that I would, I would see your Strava and it would be like, 2,400 feet of game. Mm-hmm. And it's like this wild winding loop. And I'm sure that you're, you know, uh, just in the most beautiful scenic area, and you look at mine, and mine is a straight <laughs> line up and a straight line back to my home. Ohio trails, for the most, for uh, central Ohio trails, are a lot of utility. There's a lot of utilitarianism it's involved rough, there. Man. It's rough. So Oregon was just super indulgent uh, from all perspectives, and really, I love being a elevation gain hound like mm-hmm. it's really fun to just rack up elevation gain because that's something that's so novel and i should say i even do that it's like here. Chuck e. cheese points yeah, yeah yeah it's like oh my god i have all these cash tickets. it in for like yeah. an actual blanket yeah. with Chuck e. so i got enough elevation it. gain to get a life-sized stuffed bear <laughs> that's how much gain i got uh-huh. and 
I've been uh, strictly cashing in for like colored pencils, individual yep. colored yep. pencils. You got one. You got like one jelly bracelet. That's what That's I got. How much gain you I have? Got one jelly bracelet. <laughs> I should say, even when I'm in Ohio, I love, like, hopping on a uh, treadmill that's on max incline or the yeah. stair mill and just grindy, 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 Yeah, grindy. you're pretty much squirt guns locally, yeah. which is not bad. <laughs> so, one week uh, that I was out there, for example, I got 12,000 feet of gain in a week, which Are was just... Are you fucking kidding me? No. It, and it just, again, it's so novel, it's just really entertaining to me. And also just to get up high and be like, ooh, look at everything I can see. So, that was really fun, and my coach... Uh, uh, Coach Galvey had me doing uphill repeat workouts, which was, again, super fun because when I'm here, it's like, hey, go up hit uphill on a treadmill for 45 minutes. And he was like, you're going to find that there are uphills that are long enough. It's like a treadmill, but with trees and a view. What's that life like? And he wasn't kidding. So there was like a particular hill out of Ashland that I would do that was miles uphill so I would have like 15 minute intervals going uphill and could go uphill the whole time Mm, so that sounds cool yeah so it was really fun um went through the whole month and the last week I was there the combination of all the uphill and and driving home in two and a half days you heard me right drove across cross, cross country with my family a five and a half year old and a dog, a senior dog, in two and a half days. And the combination of like essentially being bent over going uphill mm-hmm. and then driving and being in a seated position for, you know, 45 hours mm-hmm. straight, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say this now and sound like calm and level headed, but, <laughs> t- but at the time, I, uh, I had a lot of pain and weird weird aches in my left quad, which is the same leg that I had a stress fracture in before. So I actually took the last week off of running that I was in Oregon and then took another week and a half because it ended up being like two and a half, three weeks. Let's get this straight. Annie is never injured. I think the last time I remember her being injured was maybe four years ago when she had some SI pain above Mm -hmm. her left hip on her back. Yeah. And that's the last I believe I've heard her complain about anything ever. Yeah. So this is, un- it's unprecedented. Yeah. So I had the, so I was really super concerned that I had a stress fracture in my leg again. And as I've talked ad nauseum about, that laid me up for two months at the end of last year and it fucking sucked. Yeah, that was um, bad. It was really rough. And I, I like, I had like, again, I can call, talk about this really calmly and level headed now, but uh, I was very panicky and had, like, a sense of despair because I was like, if I can't run again for two months, especially this time of year when you're, like, ramping up into races and I was honestly just starting to get back in the swing of things for my last, last stress fracture, but I feel confident in my approach to having thought I was injured. So when I thought I had a stress fracture, I stopped running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and saw Dr. Bright as soon as, essentially as soon as I could once I got home from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we, I went to PT for two weeks, and he had said, hey, if it's not better within two weeks, like, dramatically better PT, Let's get an X-ray. come back and we'll do some imaging. And so I got a MRI done. Uh, actually, like, the same day that I went in to see Dr. Bright again, he was like, yeah, let's get an MRI just to be safe. I don't think you have a stress fracture, but let's get it done so we can just kind of knock that out. Mm-hmm. I went to a low-cost MRI place, which I would highly recommend. Does exist? All right. Yeah. Cool. So uh, just as a 
So I will do a price comparison because I think healthcare cost transparency is important. When I had a stress fracture before, I had to get a bone density scan, or not bone density, bone activity scan, which I shows heard of that. where it shows where your body is like regrowing bone essentially. Okay, where things are healing. Yeah, and that cost me eighteen hundred dollars through uh, Ohio Health. Out of pocket. Out of pocket. So no. I have, yeah. So I have a CDHP. So I have a high deductible plan. Oh, okay. Um. So eighteen hundred dollars out of pocket. So yeah, for the MRI, I was like, I'm. I would like. He said, "Let's do a bone scan again." And kind of shitty. Well, here's the thing. Especially if it means you can't see my fracture in that image. Yeah, yeah, because then it doesn't count. Yeah. So here's the thing. So, uh, for insurance purposes, it through insurance or Ohio Health, it does tend to be less to get a bone activity scan. I uh, said, "Hey, I'm actually going to get an MRI done." On my own, I'm just going to pay for it out of packet at, like, a low-cost MRI place. So, mm-hmm. like, in Columbus, mm-hmm. ProScan is one of those places. I'm going to go rogue. It's uh-huh. in an alley. Uh-huh. I don't know. This is a machine you got to yeah. wear, like, a lead but jacket But no, it's like, so I, like, called them as soon as I left Dr. Bright's office. They, I literally drove from Dr. Bright's office to the MRI place. It cost me $450 <gasps> out of pocket. No. So I came home and was like, MRIs for everyone! <laughs> like, you know, so I'm just going to really get Andy and Arbor full body scan. So yeah, so it felt really good to be like, okay, I took care of my injury the way I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. and I did it at a thing that cost me a third as much. That's really good. Which is good. insane. So MRI results came back, no stress fracture. I was like, cool, price. now I'm just going to start stretching and rolling the shit out of it because as soon as you tell me that I'm not making something worse I'm gonna I- I'm beat good. it senseless good. yes also take as, a marathon stick and yes, beat my legs senseless yes. I feel like most running pain is becomes really manageable as soon as you know like oh there's not a broken bone yeah yeah, it, like, yeah like I'm not gonna make this worse this doesn't actually hurt anymore you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna shove a spatula in there and see yeah, if that fixes it grind it around so I am currently on the upswing and a friend had texted a uh, group of us that run together and said, give me a two-sentence summary of, oh, like, yeah. a training plan. Yeah. And I thought, my training right now is I'm on the upswing from finding out that I don't have a stress fracture and getting ready for the 50-miler at Mohican. Right. And it, right. That's in, I keep thinking, like, oh, it's, it's months like, away. like, two weeks. It's, like, in two and a half weeks yeah. or something like that. It's fine. We'll so be fine. That's the two-week summary. My, mine is, I think that, like, <laughs> I think my actual two-week summary is, um... When you looked for my two-week summary, I was standing in the outfield of a baseball field wearing <laughs> wearing a baseball mitt as a hat with a daisy chain as a necklace around, and I went, what? What's, uh-huh. a, tra- what's a training plan? Like, I can't catch a bubble with my hand. What are you talking about? I can't catch a bubble with my <laughs> hand. <laughs> Daisies are so... I'm allergic mm-hmm. to pollen. Mm-hmm. That's, where, that's where my mm-hmm. head's at. As far as, like, breakdown of, like, where are you in your training? I feel like, and we can do, like, a short version, but I I'll, I feel like you have to share, like, while I was out in Oregon having a similar experience of, like, everything is great and everything is beautiful, you were here just in, like, sad winter Ohio having yeah. kind of a rough time. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I might have already known, I don't know if our listeners knew that, like, we got broken into, I, I think... That might have been too recently. I, it is. Yeah. The whole, I have a whole list of things that if you miss anything, I will. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, we got broken into, there was a drive-by shooting in front of our house, and that kind of broke our backs, and we were just like, we're getting out of this neighborhood, now's the time, we might as well buy, because we kind of are in a position to, which was not anything that we were planning on doing. We had a two-year lease, which we broke at seven months. 
So we really did some unorthodox things to get out of there. And in the process of training for my 24-hour race, we were also trying to purchase our first home ever. So I was... You were also hit by a car. Oh, I totally ignore that part. Um, I was hit by a minivan at full speed on my fixed gear while I was I like how you're chuckling, her. like, oh yeah, this does sound pretty bad. That's <laughs> mm. because I haven't told anyone but you. Mm. And, uh... They hit me in my bad shoulder, um, and I've had trouble, like, um, bench pressing. I've had trouble doing overhead press because I something, like, clicks, and then I've got bad pain in my left shoulder from a mountain biking injury, and he hit that shoulder. Um, so that sucked. That was all within, like, six days. Yeah. And then, so Annie wasn't here. We got robbed. There was a drive-by shooting, and then I got hit by a car. I I was trying really hard not to catastrophize and be like everything's ruined. Poor me. I was just like, I was really pretty level-headed. I was like, this is a lot. And it, yeah. it really kind of fucking sucks. But the upside of that was I knew that I had to do some big training pushes and I was going to do them at Shale Hollow because they were a good match for training for 024. And when I at, like threw it out there to the crew to be like, yo, does anyone want to join me for these two or three big pushes? Like, all of my oldest and new buddies all showed. Yeah. To, you know, get their runs in, too, but also to just drag drag me through some hard, long days. And, they and a quick up- interjection, Shale Hollow is a, is a gravel path that is a mile loop. So it's a good mock-up of OutRun, which is a mile loop with 65 feet of gain per loop. Shale Hollow is almost exactly the same amount of gain, if not distributed a little bit different. But yeah. it's very, very similar. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, old buddies like Travis and G-Force and then new buddies like Mike Taylor and Scott Shell, like, all showed up to be my dudes and uh like really were there for a lot of miles yeah because you had what were your two big training runs I had they sound pretty easy but I had an eight and a five and a half um which is super low volume for me but I have to guess that a lot of people are like that does not sound easy (laughs) I know but that's low volume for a hundred yeah like really low volume um and frankly even though my race did not pan out at all like I planned it still is You're not... You're going to have to fill, fill in on that. Time. I will. Um, it still does not indicate to me that low volume is not the way. I still am a firm believer in my low volume, like really specific training plans that, um, you know, focus on a lot of speed and then like a couple good punches. Like that's... I think that's what works best for me. I'm the least injured I've ever been. I for mean... For a really long period of time, For a long too. time. I had a bad knee stabby after Ozarks, which I waited four weeks and like really stuck to a plan of just being calm and swimming that went away I mean as soon as I look back at old training plans I'm like okay I have these diagrams that I draw of my actual knee I learned this from Nikhil he's a genius you draw your actual knee you you draw where the injury is and then you write this can be recovered from this can't be recovered from blah 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 yeah um so yeah, O two four did not pan out the way that I wanted it to, but I don't think that it panned out the way that anyone wanted it to. Yeah. Anyone who raced that day, including the pros, they did not come out with the results they wanted. Yeah. And I know that I could have grinded out probably ninety miles. Yeah. But it wasn't worth 
fighting tooth and nail for something that wasn't even close to what I planned sure. to do. And I had no regrets. Uh, I went out too hot. Um, my watch was telling me that I was doing 1530s. And uh, when I could finally see the screen on the loop, I was doing 1111s. And I think maybe eight or nine miles in, Annie actually said to me, you're at 1115s, you need to slow down. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and almost quite literally like that. She was at, so at Outrun, so it's a mile loop, our crew sets up, we essentially set up our own aid station. Like, mm. people were like, you have an unearthly amount of food, yes. which is true. It's crazy. Yes. But, uh, shit, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, oh she came, mile, so she came yeah. up to our aid station at, like, ten miles in. Yeah. And was like, I just, I, I feel, feel like, I don't know. And I mean, quite li- like st- like slurring a little bit, and she was like, "I'm gonna walk." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Good." I was like, "Very good." Like she totally came to the same conclusion. I think when yeah. you were trying to externally talk to someone, yeah. and I was like, "I don't understand what you're saying." Yeah. Like and later in mile like 35, Annie was like, "You were being real weird," <laughs> and I was like, "What?" She was like, "No, you couldn't make good sentences. You were being." real weird. Yeah. And I think he even said something to you along the lines of you've d- you've gone through this before. You yeah. know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. And you reset so fast, which I thought was I really impressive. I like, did. I you started sprung to, back. Yeah. You started to go off the rails just a teeny tiny bit. Yes. And then you walked for a couple laps. And I then did. you were golden. I did. And then I ran solidly till 35. Even though I was really already knowing that I, that the bad deed had been done. Did you know? Well, yeah, to th- at 35, yes. At 35, I knew I had gone too hard, too, and it was too hot. I feel like a lot of people came to the same realization about the same time of day. Like, once the heat started to wear off and people were like, oh, I'm oh, just no. now realizing what happened. What so I did to my body. The temperature got up to 75 degrees, which does not sound crazy, except... No. except if it's 75 and it's been cold, 75 might as well be 90 degrees. Like, nobody's acclimated no to acclimated. it. Um, and it's just, it's not good running conditions. And there was time, so about, I don't know, a third of the course is exposed. Um, there's no tree cover. Like, in the woods, like, in the woods is way cooler. But as soon as you pop out of the woods, it's really toasty. And yeah. if there's no air movement, like, us just sitting in the tent, I remember, like, stepping out from under the pop-up canopy and was like... This oh. is really toasty. It was bad. It was very, very toasty. At, the mar- at 26, I went to go pee, and I stood in the bathroom, and I saw that all my skin was bright red. <laughs> For and- some reason, the way you were gesturing, I just imagine you being like, I imagine that, or, or because of the temperature, all my tattoos were gone. <laughs> That's how hot it was. <laughs> These, it was so hot. It was so all, red. They were, they were all, all gone. gone. All my tattoos were gone. <laughs> they all fell off. <laughs> I actually like that it was so hot. So hot. All my tattoos oh. are gone. All my tattoos disappeared. <laughs> I'll remember that the next time that I'm cooking. But I was I was bright red, and my heart rate, even though I I, I tossed my watch at mile ten because mm-hmm. I just was like, this is wrong. It's giving me distress. I know that I'm going too fast to compensate for my average. Pro time. tip: never have a watch at a timed event like a twenty four hour thing. Yeah, we're it, we're a Timex just like yep, you would. For yeah, like, if you need yeah time of day, I think is key, and then just be like. Hey, at the 30-minute mark and at the top of every hour, I have to eat something. And yes. that's it. Don't run any. Don't run anything because it will never match up to the course. Don't do it. Don't so you ditched your watch at 10. Yes, which was a good idea. And then at 35, I think my brother hopped in, which mm-hmm. was, 
like, out of this world. My brother is, uh, he's a runner, but he runs probably, like, two to three miles at a time, and he's really had a struggle becoming a runner. Um, he has very bad back issues. He grew from basically five foot to six foot five in about a year. So he has very bad pain, and it's hard for him to run. He did six miles with me, and we did not stop running. No. Do you know what your average pace was for no. those six miles? I would be interested to know, because you guys were it clipping them off. It was definitely 13s or yeah. less. At least. At least. Yeah. It was 13s or less, which is amazing, because, you know. Because I was out uh, pacing a couple people, and yeah. I was like, ha goodbye, Lauren, goodbye, Ted. Yeah. Goodbye, Lauren, yeah. goodbye, Ted. and I think having my brother there just gave me so much elation that I forgot that I felt sick, <laughs> because by the mid-30s there, I had real bad GI issues, not the pukey kind, the other kind, and, uh... I just, I saw it going downhill, and I think in the 30s, somewhere in there, when Laura brought burgers, I also, like, flopped around on a cooler and was like, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. And I think I quit running then. Like, um... Because you decided pretty early on, like, this is not what I want today. Oh, not, like, running that day. I think I quit running. Ah. As a hobby. As a sport. Oh, yes. I was just, like... I mean, very, and it's still hard for me to come back from it. Like, I'm having an okay time doing these three and five four mile jaunts but like I'm still like I don't know if I like running anymore mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there folks I'm not going anywhere but I had some like weird philosophical times out there because my brother ran with me my husband ran with me and Annie ran with me and it was sort of like uh like Lauren Craft this is your life like and go this is your piano teacher Mr. Nesbitt from 1985 he's gonna jump in and I'd be like Mr. Nesbitt I love you <laughs> and they'd be like you know this is your fifth grade teacher she told you you could never amount to anything and I'd be like Mrs. Daly I knew I could <laughs> and it was like it was it was this is your life yeah it yeah. felt so uh, dramatic yeah to have all my loved ones run with me. And, and I think it's worth noting, Ted's never paced you at a race. Never. He's come to two other races? Yeah. Two or three, maybe? Yeah. Scotty's never run with you at a race, ever, or no. and has come to two or three others. So I exactly. can totally see why it would be a very strange experience. It was very emotional. And I was talking to my brother, and I was like, I just don't know if 100 milers are for me anymore. Like, I want to push myself, and I want to feel strong, and I want to feel good. But I don't know if I want to go back to the darkness because it's such a scary place. And this is the philosophical crossroads I'm at right now. And it's like, do I know that that dark, 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 dark place exists. And I feel like, I, and again, I'm going to jump in here. Because I feel like it's important to touch on the fact that maybe a week or two prior to this, you really wanted to get 100 plus miles at this event. Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. I was going for 110. Yeah. And I thought it was totally doable. And honestly, I still do. I mm-hmm. still think it's doable. Mm-hmm. I think with the right conditions and the right mindset, I absolutely believe that the body I'm living in right now can do that. I just don't know that I'm willing to go mm-hmm. there anymore. And I, I say that knowing that I will get dragged through the woods by my best friends in the future because I will do <laughs> show blope again. I'm right here. <laughs> and But I just, like... Like... It's like the upside down world. It's like uh, the dark place. It's just like knowing that it exists almost is a little bit terrifying. It's like having a bad trip and like asking yourself if you're willing to do acid again 
to go to a place that's cool and transcendent. But maybe scary. But you also might get eaten by a fucking Godzilla monster with (laughs) Jesus' face. Like, you don't know. You don't fucking know. So, I think even on my easiest 100, like, I still went to a place where I thought I would maybe die. Not Ozark. Ozark would probably be your easiest 100. That was my easiest, and I still, I didn't think I was going to die, but I really thought, uh, I thought completely about giving up, because the distress of physical and mental distress was so great that I just thought this is not worth it. This is not what sports are about. So yeah. Sports are not about wishing you would die. Sports, like, sports, sports. Yeah. It doesn't like I mean very honestly, I was talking I'll to I'll be very candid. I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, "Well, you don't do a reasonable amount of running." And I was like, <laughs> What? And she goes, she said, honestly, by reasonable social standards, you do not participate in, in like, reasonable, a reasonable amount of running. Reasonable is relevant. I don't think reasonable was the word, but she was like, you participate in, in an... Rational? And yeah, No, in, like, a, in an, you know, unreasonable amount of mileage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess so. And she was like, no. Like, definitively, like, textbook-wise, you don't run a normal amount of time. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I could see to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm still in that place right now where I'm asking myself, what do I actually want? What do I get out of this? Have I already learned the lessons that a hundred miler can provide a person? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's such an interesting thing to talk about because this has come up before. Like, what are our motivations for doing this? I feel like that's a classic thing that comes up when training for your first ultra sure. or your first hundred or continuing to do it is, what is your motivation for yes. doing so? And I think I've come to a fork in the road with that question. And previously, I feel like I really knew the answer to it. And I, you know. What do you think the answer was before? The answer before was to learn something grandiose. Yeah. Was to be transformed was to trans to to experience transcendence. I always yeah. call the hundred miler the pilgrimage of the atheist. Yeah. To, uh, you know, I'm a person who doesn't believe in God. I want to get as close to the feeling of God as I can without, you know, I mean, I don't know how to express that. It's like, for for someone who believes only in like the very to have hot, a spiritual experience. Yes. Yeah. Without God. A godless spiritual experience. That is exactly what I was going for. And I have gone to that place, and it's such a dangerous journey for my mind and body. I don't know if I want to keep going back there. Yeah. Because for me, it's not about sports. And and when I do smaller races, it is. It's about sports. It's about, like, being my best, training my best, hydrating, beating people. It's, like, all about the normal things that sports are about. But a 100-miler is never about any of those things. Yeah. Rarely is it about any of those things. It's not about, like, my cute gear or, like, beating someone or, like, uh, you know, it's not about, like, toeing the line with, like, a snarl on your face to be like, I'm yeah. going to kill you today. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, fuck, we're all going into the cave of darkness. <laughs> we're, we're all going to die. <laughs> we're all going to die together. It is like that. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like when the, when the sun sets that night, it's like, you know, coal miners going into the cave. Yeah. You're all going Shared into the, trauma. Yes. You're all going into the cave together. And, you know, unless you're a super high-level athlete, you know, you kind of hold hands in the dark. Yeah. So that's where I am right now, post-024. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that 
it would be OutRun that would bring it out, and especially having yeah. done six, 100K, right? 100K in the mm-hmm. nose. Mm-hmm. Having done 100K, and it wasn't like you came to that conclusion after you, like, scraped it all out. You were just kind of like, this is not a thing... This is not a thing for me today. No, I hadn't scraped it out. I wanted to live. I wanted to live in an anti gravity chair and eat burgers. <laughs> uh, on the, on the, uh, on a different perspective. So I was there crewing, like a boss, yes, like a constantly. motherfucking boss, every single lap, which, relentlessly. You know, uh, crewing and spectating a one mile loop race is so fun. It's so fun, but it's very intense because oh, people are okay. coming through all the time. Say, it's rough. So uh, myself and my friend. All of our friends, uh, Beth Sandman, were there crewing Lauren, so my my birth and my BFF, my husband Andy, my dad, my Your little sister. sister, and a 24-hour noob, Ben Isles, and a uh, 24-hour veteran, Ben Nibar, uh, Scott Shell, who was there after an injury, although I don't think I actually crewed Scott for anything, so maybe not count him, but seven runners that were... I won't say needy. Needy, I was going to yeah. say needy little bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of needy. I was but, highly needy for the first 30 But miles. it was so hot, everybody was pretty needy. So between either heat for veterans or people being new to that format and or... Because uh, it was a new format for my little sister. My dad has done it several times but had not been training. Everybody kind of had their own reason for having a need. But uh, nobody was on autopilot. I think, no. you know, and this is saying no. a lot. I think Ben Nebauer was probably the most self-submission out of wow. all of you. Way so, to go, Ben. Yeah. Um, but it ended up being, and I keep saying this, but it it ended up being like a master class in the impact of external stress or external stress non non-athletic training stress so you during times of your training cycle were like oh like these couple of runs felt really rough and I don't understand why and I was like maybe because your house got broken into and there was a drive-by shooting and then you got hit by a car and you guys are trying to both essentially sell a house because Uh you guys were doing showings even though you're renting the house yeah you had to prepare the house to be shown as well as vacate you and your dog when they were doing showings yeah so you were essentially selling a house and buying a house at the same time Uh and there were times where I was like I hate to sound like I'm trying to bring you down but I just want to remind you of all these terrible things that are (laughs) making you feel bad like yeah because sometimes it can be nice to like put a name to it instead of just feeling like I have this general malaise on my run where it doesn't feel great. So Lauren had all of that going on, and then I felt like I kind of saw some impact of that because you closed. So Lauren closed on her new house on Friday, the day before OutRun. So much work. So that uh, I could see the impact of that race day. Andy, who has been a stay-at-home dad to our daughter for the last five, almost six years, uh, had job interviews the week before the race, and that was super stressful, Too even much. though everything was really positive. And brrr, he started his new job on Monday, which is great. Um, uh, so it was all positive stress. Same thing with you buying a house. Positive stress, yeah. but so Andy had his uh, job interviews going on. He also did 100K over, over OutRun and then was like, you know, it's not going to happen today. He really wanted to get 100 miles this year as well. Um... What was the other thing? There was one more person that had external stresses. Oh, my dad. So uh, previous years, he's done up to 90 miles Mm -hmm. and wanted to get 100 miles this year. Um, Or I think his goal actually ended up being 100K for this year because he didn't get a chance to train. But 
he got married over this last year Mm -hmm. and was kind of getting used to a new lifestyle with his new wife and Mm -hmm. like, you know, just adjusting to how do I fit in a training schedule when this isn't something that we get to do together as well as working and she wants him to like retire so that they can spend more time together. So it was like, again, a total masterclass of like, yeah. Other things that go on in your life have an impact on your running and vice versa, whether you register them or not, because I I felt like everybody, I kind of saw the same thing where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, but that's in the non-running bucket. So I'm just going to run just fine. And it's like, no, if you're stressing about something day in and day out. I disagree. For me, I don't feel like that affected my performance. I feel like a bad strategic move affected my performance. I feel like what, what... I didn't follow through with was a result of me wanting to be somewhere else. Yes. So my mental game, I think my body was totally there and I knew that I could make it work. Oh, I think everybody's bodies were there. Yeah, my body was there. It's like, at some point I was just like, I felt, I think I said to somebody like, I feel like a kid who somebody like, they bought them a new bicycle and then told them to go mow the lawn. Uh, I think you said algebra homework. Something Something like like that. Like, Like, you got this brand new house... Now go run a hundred miles, and I wanted to be like, mm, but I want. I just want to order Chinese takeout yes. to my new house. Yes. I think you said that. Yeah. I want to just like lay on a sleeping bag on an empty floor with no furniture and eat Chinese with my husband. Benjamin Button the shit out yes, of it. Yes, that's what I yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah, my mind was elsewhere. But yeah, it was like a super. It was just a really dynamic weekend. Like there were so many things at play that were like, I, I like. I, I don't think I could have ever guessed what would end up no, happening. So no. like which was really yeah, which is yeah. really shocking. Yeah, so was... you got a hundred K, uh Andy got a hundred K. My little sister ended up getting forty miles, which is awesome. She's only she's done a fifty K before but in a lot more time, so she ended up doing a fifty K faster than she's ever done, plus another yep. eight fifty K. Thirty one miles. Plus another nine miles. Yeah, yeah. So she got a distance PR, which was awesome. And then Niebauer um, got his 50. Yeah, Niebauer got his 50. Ben Isles went... 74? Yeah, something like that. So at one point he was he was kind of toying with the idea of going for 100, but he this was his first time doing a 24-hour race, so he did a great job of having a moment of kind of like, yeah, I think I'm done. And which then rallying and coming back. Because I, I only saw him when he was rallying, and I was like wrapped up, literally I was wrapped up in a like a shower curtain and a sleeping bag. Oh no, not a shower curtain. A plastic side to a canopy. (laughs) A plastic side to a canopy. And he was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat another burrito or quesadilla. And he was like, all right, we're doing math for him. He's like, all right, I'm going to go rally. And I fell asleep for like what felt like two and a half minutes. And I came to and people were like, oh yeah, Ben quit. And I was like, where ha- how long have I been gone? <laughs> it was like Flight of the Navigator. It's, it's like Tuesday. it's been 30 years, Lauren. <laughs> Felt really weird. But yeah, I'm proud of him for sure. But yeah, there was like, and so this is another weird thing for this year. So like, again, it was very hot. So just for context, Pete Kostelnik was there who has the Transcon FKT. For the uninitiated, that is the Transcontinental across the United States. Fastest known yep. time. The Badwater Course, course record. record. Uh, he also has, there's one more thing I know we had talked about. He has run 160 in 24 hours before. Yeah. 165, I believe. 164 and 165. Yeah. So within 24 hours, he's run almost, he's run 165 miles, which is insane. Right. So he was going to break the record for this course. Yes. So he ended up running, I think, 117. 116. 116. So he ran 116 miles. 
Uh, when he had planned to do 150 to 160. So yeah. everybody fucked right. up. Right. And he uh, he took a nap during the course of the day. Granted, I think because everybody kind of fell off, he took a breather. Because yeah, no one was, was chasing him. Right. Um, but yeah, just to give some context, like, I, I mean, a, a man who can do 165, granted probably on a track or something flat, did 116. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Heat. No. It was people, just the heat. I was gonna say day. other things, but it's heat. So everybody right. kind of like got dropped down. Right. And the late female Alexandra, who uh, when I had made it to mile ten or twelve, she had <laughs> lapped me five or five to I seven times, was like, and I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's what also was like really messing with you in your head and like your pace because you were like. Why has she paced me, or why has she, she lapped, lapped me, me so many she times She lapped me already? five times in three, five to seven times in three hours. And I thought, if I'm running too fast for my own pace, what pace is she running? And she yeah. was running the hill every time, and I saw her run the hill until the, the 50s. Yeah. And so the, the hill on the outrun course is, so there's 65, I think 65 feet of gain each lap. And I would have to assume, like, 45 of it is on the one hill. Yes. Like, which doesn't sound super substantial, but but it is. Like, on a looped course, so just for context, if you're doing 100 miles on this course, then you're doing 6,500 feet of gain, which Nothing is to not at. flat. It's no. It's not flat. Nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, yeah, so everybody ended up having very different goals. Yeah. Oh, so, there, so in previous years... Uh, because Andy's done it every year for the last five years, every and and we've had people go in and out. So my dad's done it before. You've done mm-hmm. it twice before. This mm-hmm. is your third time, right? Third time. I've done it twice before. We've always had people kind of coming in and out the entire time. And this year at about what, eleven thirty? Oh, at almost everyone except for your dad was out. Yeah. So at like eleven thirty midnight, everyone was done. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Home. Every single one of done. every everybody was done, and I was like, "Uh, huh. this is weird." Yeah. And my, and my dad was like, "Okay, so I'm at uh forty, forty nine. No, forty five. He was okay. at forty five miles. He said I'm at forty five miles. I'm gonna go to sleep for a couple hours, and then I'm gonna get up and see if I can do some more." And that was when everybody else had quit. <laughs> he was like, which is so funny. Everybody else had this thought, which I'll come back to. Um, but it, it didn't really phase me. My dad was like, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, everyone and then was I'm gonna p- wake a little up. bit, tiny bit pissed at dad. Because we were like, dad, we're all going to, we're ready to close up camp and go home. And you are the last man standing. And yeah. for no good reason other than your pride, are you going back mm-hmm. out there? So, and he asked before he went back to sleep, he said, Am I holding you guys up, like, to me and Andy? And I said, no, absolutely not. Like, we'll wake and you up Andy's in a couple hours. just a different person than anyone else in the world. And so she's like, yeah, crew? That's what I was born to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. That's that's do whatever you yep. need to do. Yeah. Everybody, I, crew, and I, I crew as hard as I ultra run, which is till the, till till the, the bitter death. end. Till, the, till the bitter end. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't hold up anybody else. <laughs> Lauren just, like, ripped off a toenail. Uh, luckily, it didn't hold, it didn't hold up uh, anybody else. So, like, everybody else went home. Uh, and Andy and I slept for a bit while dad slept and then dad got back up at, I don't know, 5am and did another, did another eight miles to get to 53 miles because he would tell you with like a nudge and a wink, even though it make, it doesn't make any more damn sense. He was like, well, yeah, obviously like he kept being like, what do you know? 53. 
53. I did 53 miles. Well, you know why. And I was like, no. No, was like, why? Two marathons and his birth year, obviously. Oh, my God. That's so wildly <laughs> arbitrary. Fine. Whatever, Dad. You're a weirdo. Because... Fibonacci. Because Fibonacci's numbers. Because of spiral growth in nature, of course. Obviously. But, again, like, the twists and turns of the event that could not be foreseen. Yes. My dad was the last man standing out of our group. Way to go, Dad. Amazing. And I, it's funny because any, any kind of, like, grizzled uh, result that he has, I'm like, it's in my DNA. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Your victory is my victory. I can appreciate that, but at the time I was like, go to bed. Or I'm gonna kill I know it's you. so funny. So everybody was like texting me later, like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't even know that you were staying. That you were staying because your dad was still going. I was like, "Yeah, dude. Like no big deal." Um, it, but yeah. it's, it's just who you are. Yeah, um, but it was great, but weird. the The weekend was so weird. So like we were all packed up and gone by uh, six a.m. It was an hour or two before the finish. We didn't stay for the award ceremony. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we weren't there at the very finish of it. So, like, it was very, like... I mean, like, we had everything packed, and I really wanted to stay for the awards, and I was like... Weird year. I was like, but nobody's... Nobody in our group is getting anything, and I mean, this is a, a this is a race where pretty much everybody gets something. Oh, yeah, at least somebody wins something. Yeah, and I was like, oh, nope, none none of us are getting anything, so... Uh, yeah, so it was just, it was, it was just a crazy weekend. Um, but, uh, that's a clean break. Look at my toenail. Oh, nice. I mean, other than a little tiny bit of blood, that's a clean break. Did you just do the whole thing? Yeah. Whoa. Lauren just took a toenail off. I just like to wait till it's good and dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't, you can't rip off, I mean, I only. You essentially needed to die and then grow itself off. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, No. I can't no. wait that long. I don't want it to grow off. This was no, this no, is no, only a week like, old. You got to grow it out of the you nail bed. You have to grow bed. the skin yeah, yeah. over the dead nail bed. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to rip the bad toenail off of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an animal. Of course I'm not <laughs> saying wait until it grows all the way out. That was... As we look at our little like gross nubbins. <laughs> <laughs> it is a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, outrun. Any other thoughts on outrun? Uh I could take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't, I didn't have, I didn't learn anything this year. Yeah. You know? You did not have a good time, though, did you? No, I had a fine time. Yeah. I think I really enjoyed the peace that comes along with knowing exactly what you want when you're not bargaining with yourself or anyone else to be like, should I keep going? Is this going to hurt? Like, how many minute miles do I have to do? I was just like... I was, like, doing downward dog and, like, eating a cheeseburger, and I was just like, I don't fucking care at all. (laughs) feels so good. I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to put some sandals on. I eat a taco. (laughs) See, I almost worry. I shouldn't say worries. Worries is not the right word, but uh, I've long said that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. So you're just like, you're like, I don't love it. I I could, I don't even have enough energy to hate it. I didn't care. I was just like, this isn't not an important thing to me. I like being here and running's fun and there's so many good people here that I love to watch challenge themselves, but I, this is, I don't care at all. I know. It is dangerous. It's dangerous. It's not dangerous. I mean... I don't know. I just don't... I just don't know what I want anymore. I'm I'm really excited to run Mohican 50. Yeah. Because it seems like such an achievable Which that's goal. not going to be a cakewalk. It won't be a cakewalk, but it does feel comparatively 
very achievable compared to my mm-hmm. last two endeavors. Um, last two? Ozarks and, and okay. 024. You were like, you haven't raced in such a long time, I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you about. think I'm thinking you haven't raced in such a long time? Because I've, I've written yeah, we both, in a Yeah, we've both taken s- some big breaks, so uh, it'll be cool to be cool. I don't know about cool. It's going to be hot as a jelly bean. It's <laughs> no, we got to think of something better. I, it's like, what's the opposite of a witch's titty? A What's the devil's opposite? butthole? It's gonna be hot as a devil. That's precisely what it is. I feel like that's like What's such a robbie thing. No, the opposite thing. of a witch is like an angel or something. It's gonna be. Ooh, I know, but an angel wouldn't be, wouldn't be I'm hot. Like, I, no, but you asked me what the opposite of a witch was. We have maybe gone maybe astray. Icarus Icarus's butthole. <laughs> it's gonna be hotter than Icarus's butthole at Mohican Fifty. Nailed and it. I'm not really trained for it. Um, I'm not planning on doing too many big pushes. Don't worry, to get you there. have eleven more days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't care, because I feel like I've already trained for this. Yeah. Like, I will do some maintenance, but the hay is in the barn for fifth Mohican 50 so for this me. So, is, this is, and I don't think the other times were you, this is like, I've heard the hay is in the barn, like, the the times that I've heard people say this farther and farther out from the race, it just continues to grow. Like, yes, yes, because so Morgan was done and ready for Laurel yes, in March. Yes, She's exactly. She's like, March 3rd, the hay is in the barn. <laughs> so it's like, you know, BFC in September, hay is in the barn. That is... Hay is in the barn. That is not true. I fully plan on committing my life to vertical gain. Let the record show that she just said earlier she doesn't really care about running. That's not what I meant. Okay. You Law. know. Yes, I do. I don't, miles, I don't, dark place. I don't even say, I didn't even say that I don't care about running. I said I don't know if the hundred is for me anymore. Got it. Because I don't know if I have anything left to learn there. Can I tell you like a deep darn, a deep dark brain inkling? Ew. Yes. Ew, well, don't... No, I do. I'm scared because of things that you make me want to do are bad. No, so I think, and this is is so narcissistic, I think maybe you don't like the hundred right now because I haven't been doing hundreds. I have to think about that. Like, that's not, like, a fun, a fun, weird place that we've gone together lately. Oh, so it's not, like, yeah, it's not in my fun bucket. It's in my work bucket. Yeah, because you're by yourself. "Quote unquote" by yeah. yourself. Yeah. Just a thought. I've I've ha- I've just I've had that. But thought. you were at the race that I planned to do a hundred. I know, but I did. I haven't been doing hundreds. But why would you doing hundreds bring more zeal to my plate? Because we're not training together to do a hundred miler. We're not like doing the same hundred, like not your mamas, and being like, oh, yeah. "What?" Those were cool times, but that, those times haven't happened in years. I'm shrugging. Yeah. I told you, it's like, it's not a fully formed thing, but it's I've possible. had that in there. It's very possible that that a variation of that is true, which is, I've put the 100 miler in the, in the work bucket as opposed to the fun bucket, which is why I'm so interested in orienteering right now, is because orienteering has never been out of the fun bucket for yeah. me. Well, show blope was pretty out of the fun bucket, but I mean... I don't know that that's an orienteering bucket, It doesn't though. count, but it's similar. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Also, if Wil- if Wilf is li- listening, very funny. Beca- hi, Wilf. Hi, Wilf. Um, it, he he loves to catch me in my lies, and he'd be like, "Yeah, one race for the year, one race for the year." We'll hear about it, well, how you feel in two weeks. <laughs> he'd be like, "Yeah, okay, no hundred milers, no uh-huh. hundred, never wear a Solomon shoe again. Uh-huh. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. Call me in six weeks." So, yeah, I know. 
I'm the famous flip-flopper. I'm John Kerry. My, my husband loves to call me the flip-flopper. He calls me the famous waffler and then sends me pictures of waffles. <laughs> so I, I know. I know. It's, I'm just, guys, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. But, and we have, like, uh, again, that motivation conversation to me is so interesting. Because yes. I've also been thinking about motivation with all this, like, injury scare stuff. Like, the stress fracture before and thinking that I had one again made me feel very, like, it made me reflect a lot on what I really felt like was being taken away from me and like what were the things that I worried about being taken away from me and it's interesting I originally got a coach because I wanted to get better and faster for races Mm -hmm. and the more I think about what are the things about ultra running that I enjoy Mm -hmm. I enjoy training hard and currently it changes but currently I enjoy racing like I enjoy races not doing well at races necessarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like going to races and having like the whole hype and the whole opportunity yeah. to like do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like as long as I don't get training hard or racing taken away from me, I'm like that's okay. I, that's I feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Like part of me almost feels like if I can just keep my volume at a consistency that satisfies my need to train hard even if that's not necessarily what funnels into the best performance mm-hmm. but keeps me keeps not injured sane. and keeps me keeps sane, sane. Yeah. and allows me to race that's kind of what I want right now can I ask you something that I might consider a hard question it's a little a little bit of a spur sure do you think that you go to the darkness like I go to the darkness I I feel like you. I shouldn't say anything about what you. Do you feel like I you, dramatize the darkness more than you no, do? No, I am actively trying to get to the darkness, and I think you are Why? trying to get somewhere without having gone to that. Yeah, you you are running for the darkness because you know it must come, so you might as well go there as fast as you can. No, because originally, like, so you know, when you talked about what drove you to do hundred milers in the first place, it was like. Uh, I keep wanting to say transparency or transpondence. Is that right? No. Transcendence. Yes, Thank transcendence. You. For me, it's always to get to the point where I have emptied it all out. Okay. That's what I'm always searching for, is to have an opportunity to empty it all out. And do to you me, have the, to go to the horrible place to get there? Yeah, do I you? think so. Because I always wonder, like, when I thought about gritting it out to finish this last race, I was like, what does... Does does Annie suffer less than us, or does she suffer better than us? Because Annie has no DNFs, ever. Not true. Really? Technically. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Hugely whatever. But, but I just, I do genuinely sometimes wish I could be in your body to, like, know if you go to this deep deep place of suffering or that like or are are you are you in that place and you're just better at walking through the fire than me or or do I actually just feel worse than you do or am I just a drama queen like I just wish I knew that legitimately like when it comes to superpowers that I wish I had I wish I could be in someone else's body and feel everything exactly the way they do yes so I know. like we talked about pain and understanding yeah, our loved ones yeah pain. so like and I would love to know like because I I have no idea 
maybe your the experience you have is a thousandfold worse than mine. Oh, okay. Well, so we have a small amount of calibration here, and that is that when we did San Diego together, we went and got tattoos. We got uh-huh. the same exact tattoo, the same exact size tattoo, the same exact place. And for me, I thought I was going to pass out from pain. And for Annie, she looked like one of those white chocolate sculptures of a baby sleeping. <laughs> I'd like to see one of these sculptures. Where they like, like an Anne Getty's painting. They like hand paint the butt flap. You know, just like flesh colored open butt flap. I might as well have been a baby in a cornucopia. That's what I'm talking about. And so we have some of those like dials where we can see that the pain does not reach you in the way yeah. that it reaches but me. But I feel like that's completely different than raises. Like, that's a moment, that's like an instance compared to a 100-miler. I've, And the one thing that I kind of uh, have as, like, my skill or strength is, like, I feel like once I know in my brain that I can do something or I will do something, it's done. And I feel the same. And then sometimes something gets in my way and I'm flabbergasted. Like, nothing would have stopped me from finishing San Diego. All the cards were there, the heart was there, everything was there. Nothing will fucking stop me. And then I wanted to die. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sometimes no amount of resolve will get me through this deep, deep, deep suffering. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't know. Like, maybe I've never, had to touch something. I hope so. I hope my darkness is darker than your darkness. <laughs> I nice love you. Try, bitch. No, <laughs> oh, wow. That went two different ways. Two completely different ways. Let this be another snapshot of our friendship. One of us saying, I love you, while the other says, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and exactly. sometimes it reverses. Sometimes yeah. it's me saying that. You know. Oh, I guess it's Showblope. No, no, no. Pitchell. I think that was the first time that we were both in the shit at the same time. And so yeah. I was like, oh, Annie's been in the shit. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That was and that rough. was just like, it made me want to like slap the shit under my face and be like, me and, <laughs> me and Annie are in the <laughs> shit. <laughs> you're just splashing it on you like perfume. Yeah. Like, like It's not so bad here when your friend is in the shit. <laughs> See, so you just said what my theory kind of is about why you're not into hundreds not so bad when my friend is in the shit. I know, but you couldn't have dragged my dead carcass through San Diego. No. Couldn't have. And I and I really wrung it out. It was yeah. like, one more aid station I'll just see if I feel yeah. better. But I do wonder, like, and the same thing with, I mean, but not really with OutRun. Like, San Diego, I feel very much was one of the few instances of, like, a physical stop where it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like, I can't go to work today because I have diarrhea. It is a physical stop. Like, I cannot sit at a desk yes. all day because I will have to get up every four it was very cut to and go dry. poo. It was very like, cut and dry. <laughs> like, even if we're just putting, like, feelings of yuckiness aside, time management will not allow that. No, that's true. I just, I just wish I knew what the special sauce was to, like, just go against all odds. And I... So maybe part of why I'm shying away from it is because I feel like I've gone up against the wall, haven't had what it takes, wondered what it is what it, that it takes, 
tried to gather all the resources to figure out what it takes and then still not had what it takes. That's a really, that's a hard thing to deal with. That's why my one DNF broke my brain. Because I was like, I trained as much as I could train and it wasn't even close. And I feel like that's when what people talk about when they say that race ruins people. I, I don't think they're saying that figuratively. Mm-hmm. I think they mean like mm-hmm. you think you're a good runner or that there is some unspoken quality that mm-hmm. will take you further than you think. Mm-hmm. But it will not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've been humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> If you can't even tell the difference between our voices. I know, you probably can't be more like, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, if you can't right tell now. the difference between a redhead and a pink head and a in pink, person. Oh, yeah, I was going to say a brunette. never calling you a pink head oh, ever again. Oh, that sounds like something like on a your sperm. back. <laughs> Same. 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 Uh, okay, so good segue into, not a good segue at all, into upcoming race schedule. Because I think it's changed since the last time we talked about this. So... Next up for both of us, we get to have the same upcoming two races. Three races! Why, 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 why am I high-fiving for a third race? What's the third race? You know what the third race is, you're just not thinking of it. Oh, the Huff. No. <laughs> uh, on Memorial Day, we're doing a beer mile. Oh my god, thank god. Oh my god. <laughs> you guys should have seen her face. She was, she was like, oh my god, what did you sign me up for? I was genuinely going to poop my pants. I was like, there's a hundred and I didn't know about it. No, oh, fuck. no, no. It's your birthday present. You're running a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, so beer mile Memorial Day. It's broke man. So people who are local to central Ohio, come run the beer mile Bring it, Memorial rookie Day. bitch. Yeah. Because we've done this Four times. Four times. This is the way that the Lang family likes to celebrate. On a Tuesday miserable. night, Andy's like, Lauren, what are you doing? You want to do a beer mile in like four hours? And I was like, I do, except for my pooping blood from the Ochi <laughs> It might have been meat, but whatever. It might have been It's meat. the same difference. No, it was blood. But yeah. yeah. But that's the only reason why I turned turn down for what on the last uh, beer mile. But I This have is to- exciting, though, now that we're talking about this. When was the last time we had, like, races together? Like, oh, let's think about what was our Super last big long. race together. When did we run together the last time? This is going to be super eye-opening. Nitro it, Gain last summer. Yes, exactly that. So Nitro Gain is a 12-hour overnight uh, orienteering event. That's another race we're doing. We have four races. That's three, dude. No, you said... I said no. three. Mohican, Beer Mile, Nitro Gain... Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about BFC next because the three are in the short term. But yes, four. So that'll be amazing. Well, I'm only doing one race this year. It's going to be a really good summer. So we have the Beer Mile on Memorial Day. Then we have Mohican 50 on the date that it is. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is. June 16th. It's Father's Day. It's the day before Father's Day. June 16th. June 16th. June 16th. June 16th. June 16th. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Mohican 50 on the day that it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, a whole summer of training. And then, no, no. Then the next weekend after Mohican 50, we have Nitro Gain again. Schmack, schmack, schmack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Again, 12-hour overnight orienteering event. 
I'm excited about Mohican 50. Eight but hour no, nitro, Is it eight? Eight. Oh, I thought it was 12. I was hoping it was 12. I want everything to be longer all the time. Anyways, eight hours overnight up That's in Michigan. Uh, I'm really stoked about Mohican 50 because I haven't done really long stuff in a little while because of thinking that I had another stress fracture. Nitro Gain was so much fun it last year. It might be 12. Oh, God. It was so much fun it last was. year. It was, except for the last two hits. It was awesome. Yes. And the last two hits being Lauren being like, we're done. And me being like, squeeze it out! Squeeze it out! <laughs> 67, 67! <laughs> Going for Ooh. <laughs> and also, so, and I'm excited to see, it's not going to be a true one-to-one because we're doing it at a different location. But, like, we are different orienteers, women's. Than we were a year ago. I hope so. We've had a lot more experience. Although I've said this this before. I've said this before. As soon as I haven't done orienteering for like three days, it's all gone. It's like all gone. Who am I? What am I facing north? (laughs) You always go for this first checkpoint. You spend twenty two minutes looking for it, and you realize you blew the whole goddamn race. So please note, uh, not only gonna not not do one race only. We're going to do Mohican fifty, and then the next weekend do an overnight orienteering race. Which I find, so, and just to give ourselves, We're like, a pat on the back, uh, those two things at least are not in the same bucket, they're you know not. what I mean? We're they're totally, not. are going to be working different skill sets, different, yeah. like, we're just going to be using our bodies differently. In the past, and one of my proudest achievements, honestly, is having done BFC, and then the following weekend, doing Not Your Mama's 100, which ended up being... Which will never happen again. Oh, was that, like, 22,000 feet again? Yes. Yeah. That is like fitting into your high school jeans. We will never fucking do that again. No, it's like fitting in your high school jeans when you're a grandmother. <laughs> so this this will be another cool like Mohican fifty yeah. nitro game. Yeah. Like and plus, I mean, the swag we got last year was dope. It was like awesome. it just and we did that day. do well. It's not because we did well that we're that we're like looking forward to this. We still won it was Amazon just, gift cards. It was, it was just a blast. Yeah, it was. it was really fun. It was. Um, and then yeah, a summer of training like crazy. Mm-hmm. BFC in September. It's well, gonna be a blast. I really can't think about BFC for a long time. I think that's because I don't know. Because I feel like a failure right now. No, I was gonna say something completely different. Oh. For me, it's like oh my gosh, like I have one of my favorite chocolates left. And I'm just going to leave it there until yeah. I'm ready to, like, savor and enjoy it. There is a kind of, like, maniacal cackle that happens in the back uh-huh. of my brain when I'm, like, backly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you, like you try it on for a second, you're like, mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think about, Mufasa. like, <laughs> <laughs> sit again. <laughs> BFC, BFC, BFC. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel like that about it. So I'm excited for it. I just know that it's going to take, it's going to take everything yeah. To train for that. And, you know, we've been having conversations uh, with a friend who has historically done really long training cycles for races. And I think coming to the conclusion of, like, hey, we're at a point, uh, maybe not me because of having taken almost a month off because of a potential injury, but, like, we're tenured enough as runners that we don't need to do this whole zero to the race distance training thing where we're no. doing, like four or five month training cycles for a race not to say that you shouldn't still be consistent in your running during that time but not buying into a plan for that whole thing because managing both your physical and your mental peak it's just as important so like it's like it's not time to like think about and really dive into bfc yet Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. 
you almost want to like put it away in a oh, cabinet. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna go at it until July first. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna keep my. I mean I'll have a good base. Yeah, for Mohicans quite a bit of climbing, and nitro gain is just a good practice for just time on feet. Yeah, um, and I feel like I already have. I mean I don't have a climbing base right now, but I have a good. I have a good amount of strength from and no injury. I like no, I mean, yeah, I mean that that's better than having a vert game yeah, right now for sure. And I feel like that ends up becoming a lot of like the game too is like how long can you refrain from having an injury? Mm, yeah, I've also been thinking a lot about just like timelines of being a runner, mm-hmm. like having done ultras. So uh, outrun was my first ever ultra. So this is four full years of being an ultra runner. So Mm -hmm. thinking about like, what does that mean as far as like not being fresh, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. also being a point like we have some experience to bank Mm -hmm. on. We have some training base to bank on. It's just interesting to think about how long our tenure is as ultra runners compared Mm -hmm. to our enthusiasm for what we're doing. Sure. And again, also identifying what do we actually like doing. Yeah. I don't With ultras. I don't know. I think we can, contemplate all other things but let's just agree that nitrograin is the tits yeah no it absolutely <laughs> is the tits it is the tits thanks Barry. um yeah i i think I'll, I'll i'll continue to recalibrate in these coming weeks you will hear from us again soon um when we record from my new home yeah uh any other tidbits oh let's see if we can do this off the cuff do we have anything for the toolbox we're going to give this a second and see how well we can do this. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, because I think mine are not answers people will need for gritting things out. Really? Yeah. Mine are compromises. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want those. I guess when, uh, so I'll just kind of recap something um, and put it in the toolbox. Uh, make sure that you identify and recognize external stressors. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and manage those. Mm -hmm. Um, So making sure if you are purchasing a home, getting married, having a baby, starting a new job, build in some cushion. Like if you have the week that you're going to close in a house, adjust your training volume accordingly so that you aren't having to make a snap decision in the quote unquote heat of the moment. Like, oh man, like I'm supposed to run eight miles today and I close my house. Like. It doesn't feel good, even though obviously it's the right decision. It doesn't feel good to have to make that decision the day of. It feels a lot better to have planned it a month before or as soon as you know to be like, nope, I have zero miles on my schedule today. Mm-hmm. That's just what the plan was for today. So, Oh, no, I have one. Do it. Yeah, okay, mine would be that you can recalibrate from a from a bad start. Which is kind of what I did. Yeah. Which is to, like, okay, reassess the damage that's been done. Fig- I like that one better. Forget what I said. <laughs> <laughs> F- figure out um, figure out the best technique for, for resetting, which could be, like, throwing up. It could be eating a, big, a bigger meal than you're used to. It could be slowing way down. It could be covering your whole body in ice. Um, it could be just doing a light, your light jog if you're super pro. Yeah. Um, but just resetting and then, like, getting your head back in the game to know that, like, okay, you know, I did some miles that were too fast, but now I can kind of, like, re- redial and see if I can, like, turn it down to a volume where I can get my average to be yeah. more at baseline average. Yeah. yeah. And I saw a lot of good examples of that, too, of people just not letting things drag out for a long time. Like, my dad had a hot spot on his foot, and it mm-hmm. was like, nope, 
I'm, I'm going to change my shoes right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and grind through this. Mm-hmm. Just stop and take care of it. Yeah. I've heard it plan. often said that running ultras is a thinking man's game and thinking person's game. And I would completely agree with that. Yeah. Also, uh, our last tidbit of exciting news is that we will be doing our first live engagement. Yes! Uh, which is happening up here uh, in June. Yeah, in, it's not in, very long. In Indiana? Uh, we're gonna keep stalling until in we pull up what the... We're, we, so we were approached by a woman that I ran Ozark 100 with. She was DFL at Ozarks, which I say this as a a point of commendation. Somebody being DFL at a race, that's... You, you get a special place in our heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, she, they call her, like, what, last mule in the barn. But I did the first maybe, like, ten miles at least with her, and... Um, maybe one other woman, and it was really just so nice to have them there, and it was just nice to feel like uh, we were bonded together. And then she dropped me like a bad habit, and uh, <laughs> and then I, I think I was DFL for many, 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 many miles. Um, so, but it was good to just have other women runners around and sort of feel bonded together. So yeah, so it will be July twenty first at Runwell, which is in Illinois. And uh, we will put more specifics up on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be a clinic about running your first ultra. Or I don't even think it's first. I think it's just running an ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. And they're having guest speakers for the whole day. It will not be us all day. I don't know if you can handle us for eight hours. Y'all can't yeah. handle it. No, you um, can't. <laughs> so uh, it's really exciting that we get to go do that. And, of course, anytime we can spread our intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's definitely what we're giving people. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. join join us uh join us here at the podcast and join us live in person at Runwell. And uh until next time, uh happy trails to you. <laughs> <laughs>